today, we'll stick to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And um, uh, always a helpful reminder that the way that I see the preaching uh, is that occasionally, not always, it's the first word, but it should never be the last word. Uh, it should begin a conversation. So I hope that, um, that what we talk about today um, will begin a conversation. In our house, there is a game. It's a little bit like catch, and uh, the young lads play it mostly with me uh, rather than their mum. And uh, the game basically involves them throwing a large object at me. Uh, and then uh, after it has left their hands, shouting the words quite loudly, Think fast! Um, at which point you turn round and you see something coming towards you, whatever it might be, and you either have to catch it or get out of the way or whatever it might be. Th- this morning, I want to talk to you about catching. But not in the sense of a game with a ball or a heavy rock, as in this case. But more in the sense of receiving the things that God has got to say to us. And I wonder if you're ready to catch. I wonder if you're ready to catch the things that God is saying to you. Let me tell you about a man called Joe. I met Joe on the church door and I had a moment with Joe where I I knew almost nothing about him. I don't think at that point we'd even exchanged names. He knew who I was because I was the bloke that stood up the front for the first service that he had attended, had attended, which was that day, and he was on the way out. But on the way out, as I've got this guy by the hand, I just get this sense in my head. Difficult to describe if you've not experienced this before, but just this phrase. And the phrase was, God's not done with you yet. And holding this guy's hand, I looked him straight in the eye and I said, God's not done with you yet. I had no idea what the impact of those words would be on his life. I had no idea what the rest of his journey would be, and I'll share the rest of his journey with you in a moment. But first of all, let's dive back into uh, these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, the passage begins with this lovely phrase, and, and for me, you know, given that we have this uh, church tagline about being a church on the way, whenever something involves the word the way, I kind of like, my ears prick up now, and I'm kind of, oh, all right, this is, maybe we need to pay attention to this, following the way of love, yep, that seems good to me, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, 
How are you doing with that? I mean, it's Paul's instruction. For Paul, this is normal. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. This is, this is not, a, this is not, I mean, it is a special thing, but it's normal. It's normal for us as followers of Jesus Christ, followers of the way of love, to hear from God. In John's Gospel, it says that the sheep know his voice. Actually, in this passage, Paul is uh, talking about orderly worship, and I'm, I'm, I'm given that I'm, I'm not sure that you're struggling with that. Uh, that's not particularly what I'm going to preach on this morning. Uh, but he does talk about praying in tongues, and he says that this is a good thing. But he also says that when you're praying in tongues, uh, that actually you're praying in the Spirit, not with your mind. And that if, if you just pray in tongues all the time, you should probably re-engage your brain as well. Um, I mean, he doesn't quite say it like that. He's a little bit more gentle. Not much, actually. But he says that it's a good thing. It's a good thing to pray in tongues. You know, if you don't pray in tongues, can I encourage you to ask and to try? Okay? It's not that you need to come up to the front of church and do it. You might just do it as you're walking along a hillside. You know what? It's something that I find incredibly helpful, especially when I don't know what words to pray. To pray in tongues. But actually... Paul is lifting up something else. He's lifting up words of prophecy and saying that these, in the context of a church community, are for strengthening, for encouragement, and for comfort. For strengthening, for encouragement, and for comfort. So if you like, there's a little frame with which we can hold prophecy and say, do you know what, if it's not strengthening, and if it's not encouraging, and if it's not comforting, we probably need to be a little bit cautious about it. It might not, it might be that it's still from God, but on the whole, it should be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And interestingly, if you jump to the end, verses 24 and 25, you know, it's not our job, it's not our job to convict people of sin. It's not our job to lay bare the secrets of their heart. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to invite people to life, to speak words of life that are strengthening, encouraging and comforting. And the work of the Holy Spirit is sometimes then that folks will be convicted of sin. That they will feel like the secrets of their heart have been laid bare, that they will fall down and worship and that they will say that God is really among you. 